Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real-life, real-time issues and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That's right. This is Answers on Aging, and my name is Todd Watley, and I am one of your hosts, and thankfully, my other host, Sarah Scott, is here with me. Hey, hey Sarah. Todd Watley, and hello, everybody out there. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This is episode 20. How do I fund a trust, and why is it important? Strap in. It's going to be a wild ride. So talk about why, you know, how this came to your your mind, uh, you know, over the last two months or so? Well, in working with clients in your office, in mm-hmm. your elder law practice, um, there have been a lot of trust that we've needed to create for mm-hmm. clients. And I needed to know how to fund a trust so I could tell them, okay. And then people come in with existing trusts. And they're not funded. And nothing is in there. Yeah. And I quickly learned that if you don't have anything in a trust, it's pretty obsolete. A empty trust is a dead trust. Yeah. I mean, there's a piece of paper, you know, there's a stack of paper that you signed and notarized and everything. Yeah, it's there, but if there is nothing in a trust, it's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the the entire purpose of doing a trust is to... Um, avoid probate and so therefore it doesn't avoid probate if it's not in the trust yeah so you know not having anything in a trust means that you go through probate and the whole purpose of doing a trust is to not go through probate right so people get aggravated and particularly families Uh the kids get aggravated when you know they they know mom and dad did a trust and then they pass away and it's like yeah you still got to go through probate because mom and dad did not put anything in the trust, okay? Yeah, so I think there is just a list of questions that you need to ask whenever you go meet with your attorney who's preparing your trust. And one of the very first questions is, how do I get these accounts or this property put into the trust? Yeah. It's super easy. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to do. Now, putting real estate in the trust is something that your attorney should do. If, if you're, if you know, and I hope you have hired an attorney to do your trust. We have talked about downloaded documents off the internet and how dangerous those are. So your attorney should do the deeds that transfer the property into the trust. And, and let me just say in, general real quick the asset has to be owned by the trust right. okay 
you may think if you have an old trust that's probably older than 20 years old, you can look at the back of it and there's these things called exhibits. It's exhibit A, exhibit B, C, D, whatever. And I don't fully understand because I became licensed in 99. I don't know what the purpose of these were in the past, but they are absolutely useless today. Okay. I think possibly back in the old days, you could list things on the exhibit A or B or whatever. Mm-hmm. And by it being listed on that piece of paper, it was assumed or under the old law was in the trust. Okay. That is no longer the case. Okay. You can put, you can put real estate in the trust, you know, the wording of the trust, you can put your, you know, bank account, mm-hmm. account numbers in the, you can do all that that you want to. It's not in the trust until the bank account itself mm-hmm. has the name of the trust on it. Okay. So it cannot be in your name anymore. Mm-hmm. It has to be in the name of the trust, okay? The real estate has to have the name of the trust on it or the trust needs to be the beneficiary of that property at the time of your death. Okay, so in order to, let's say, this the married couple I just met with, mm-hmm. Um, they have a home, they want their three kids to equally divide the home, but they were kind of going back and forth, but divide the home at their death. They were kind of going back and forth as to, well, is it harder to put the house in the trust already? Or do we just say at our death, the house goes to the trust, and then they split everything three ways. Either way, it's going to take a deed, right? Right. Okay. And it really doesn't matter if it's in the trust now or it gets there at the time of your death. Just make sure the deed does one of to- one of those two things, mm-hmm. okay? Because mm-hmm. if, if it is still just in your name and there is no beneficiary at the time of your death, it's going through probate. Got it. Got it. Okay. What about little trinkets and personal, you know, items that have a lot of sentimental value to you Mm -hmm. or that have been heirlooms for generations. Mm -hmm. How do you get that? Do you even need to put that in a trust? Sure. Well, it's difficult to put something without a title into Mm -hmm. the trust because Mm -hmm. the trust is not a box. It is, it's, paperwork okay so to help do that we do a a assignment of personal property it's a form Mm -hmm. typically one page and it just says i hereby put all of my stuff in the trust Mm -hmm. and it's a legal form and the judge will recognize it the trustee will recognize it um but as far as physically you know if you die and your kid and a kid or neighbor comes and drives off your lawnmower. Mm-hmm. They don't have titles on it. The lawnmower's gone. It doesn't matter what the trust says. It, it said, "Yeah, I would rather this be split between my kids." But mm-hmm. if someone takes it, it's gone, and there's yeah. really nothing we can do about it other than file a police report or or whatever. Because with personal property, whoever has it in their hands basically owns it. Yeah, they may not own it rightfully but they own it and Mm -hmm. so one of the the things that comes up particularly if you you know like you said there are some 
personal items. And for some reason it's guitars. I don't know what it is about guitars, but if dad had a guitar that Mm -hmm. was, you know, handed down from his dad or uncle or or someone, one of the kids wants the guitar and there's going to be a fight over it. And so we generally put things into the trust with this legal document document. That's just a blanket transfer. Mm -hmm. Then in my office, we give people a personal property memorandum. It is at the top. It just says my personal property shall go as listed below. And then there's just two columns of Mm -hmm. blank lines. I tell my clients go in on those blank lines and say, Sarah gets this. Mm -hmm. Tyler gets this. Abby gets this, you know, and just go through and particularly on any item that you think there's going to be a fight over. Yeah. And I recommend that our clients do it in their own handwriting because mm-hmm. there is, there were two reasons for doing that. It's more difficult to forge if it is in your own handwriting, as opposed to being topped out on a typewriter or printer or whatever. Sure. But then there's also the emotional attachment mm-hmm, to say, nostalgia. dad wrote mm-hmm. on this piece of paper that my brother gets the guitar. I wanted it, but dad mm-hmm. wrote this down. And so it, it kind of takes the fight out of people to say, right. you know, this apparently is what dad wanted. And so therefore, so I, I beg my clients, please, if there's anything that you think's going to be fought over, please put on this piece of paper, in your own handwriting, who gets what? Little funny story. Okay. Um, when my grandmother passed away, we found we were going through all of her things, and when it came down time to like move furniture and stuff, my aunt had taken post its, put her name on it, so that's how she knew she was getting it when they died. And mm. anytime now, like ever since then, um. The kind of running family joke is, you know, if dad has something that I want whenever he dies, I'm like, I'm just going to put an Aunt Deborah post-it <laughs> underneath it. And that means it's mine, right? Like, yep, the old post-it. <laughs> now, I have had the the owners of that stuff go through. They're like, well, you know, there's a lot of things and I don't want to write it down. It's like, well, this is best, but yeah. I've had them do post-it notes on it. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, family, when you go in, start flipping things over. Mm-hmm. And if your name's on the post-it note, congratulations, that's yeah, yours. Yeah. And what's really funny is most of my clients are really concerned about that. They're yeah. like, oh, who's going to get that? The kids don't care one bit. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to throw it away. Uh-huh. But our parents are, are, you know, our clients, the parents are so worried about this little crystal whatever that, you know, my grandmother gave me. Uh-huh. The kids, many times I just don't care. I know. Well, and you know, go back if you haven't already and listen to our episode about creating a legacy or mm-hmm. leaving your legacy. Mm-hmm. If you have certain items that are really sentimental and the story behind it is really important. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and share that story and that item with your family member who mm-hmm. you want it to belong to while you're still alive. Yeah, that's you a know? great idea. Yeah. And then if they do throw it away, it probably won't be after you're dead. So you won't even know. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, that's a great idea. So yeah, the the stuff gets in there with just a general blanket form. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically vehicles aren't 
transferred to the trust. Um, my experience has been that insurance companies like to insure people and not trust. And so if it's owned by a trust, they get kind of cranky and they're like, oh, we don't like this. So I know in the two states that I am licensed in, and so I would assume most states would also have this, is the ability to, for the beneficiaries to fill out a form that says the owner of this vehicle or camper or boat or whatever is deceased, and we would like for it to go to this person. Now, Mm -hmm. that does require cooperation between the families, and that's a big ask sometimes. Um, I know... Arkansas has a form that you can fill out now as the owner of the car to say, at my death, I want it to go to this person. So mm-hmm. if, if, if you think there's going to be a fight and they would not agree on who gets what, then I would suggest do that form that the owner during their lifetime fills out so that it's basically a payable on death beneficiary on wow. the title of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Can you... If you put something into a trust and you decide, you know what, I do want this money market account to go to my grandkids and I want to see them enjoy the money. Can you take it out of the trust or does the trust just write a check? For, I mean, what would be the best way? Either way. I mean, Either way. Typically, the older people, the mm-hmm. the people who created the trust are the trustees of the trust right. and the grantors of the trust. And so they can basically do with, or, and beneficiaries. They're the trustee, the grantor, and the beneficiary. So they can do with it pretty much anything that they want to. Yeah. And if you want to close out a bank account that's in the name of the trust you can do that take the money and then just give it to the kids okay okay but never give away more than you keep keep that's another episode based on medicaid rules Mm -hmm. so um in my office and i think most attorneys who do um a considerable amount of estate planning and particularly trust planning is they have a funding letter And I tell clients, look, I know I'm sitting here with piles and piles of paperwork, and I don't expect you to read everything. I I don't read everything, okay? I mean, I I have read it, but I don't read it on a regular basis. It's very boring. But this funding letter, if if there's anything on this table that you read, make this your first priority because just – just like we said, if you don't fund the trust, it's dead, and you're still going through probate, and you mm-hmm. just wrote me a fairly sizable check to do this for you, and I hate for this to all be wasted. So please read the funding letter, and it goes through asset by asset, CDs, checking accounts, investment accounts, property, IRAs, all of those things to tell you exactly what to do with it so that this trust is what you paid for. Mm-hmm. It, it, it will do what we all want it to do. Yeah. So any other questions that you've had come up? I'm thinking about businesses. There's been a question mm. recently if, if a, a trust could own an LLC or a PLLC. Or a corporation, yeah. Or a corporation. So, yes, you can transfer your 
interest in those to a trust. And so basically you have the business entities, paperwork, whatever it is, amended so that you as a person don't own those interests anymore. Your trust does. And so that's typically I have clients go back to their business lawyer to say, hey, we've created this trust. Would you please amend the LLC or corporation paperwork so that it, um, my shares or my interest in this business is now owned by the trust. And that's Got it. pretty easy. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, the reason you should fund a trust is because if nothing's in there, it's not serving its purpose it's and you've just, just a paid waste of money. for mm-hmm. nothing. Yep. Basically. It's a waste of money and you are going through probate, which is expensive, time consuming and public knowledge. Very good. All right. So that was, Quick and to the point, we, yeah. we try to keep it within 30 minutes. And sometimes here here lately, we've been pretty quick. So, But, I mean, we don't want to keep you longer than we need to. And mm-hmm. I think this adequately covered everything. And as always, if you do have questions, you can always um, leave comments or questions on our website. Um, you can email me at todd at toddwatleypa.com. You can also email Sarah at Sarah at ToddWatleyPA.com. Sarah S. Sarah S. That's right. We have two Sarahs. ToddWatleyPA.com. There we go. Sarah S. So thank you all very much for listening. Please like, please share, please tell other people about it. Um, We don't make any money off this. We don't make more money just because you tell people. It's just we want the information to to get out there and help people. And we've gotten some pretty good comments from people. We have lots of positive feedback, but we'll take constructive criticism (laughs) as well. If there's something that kind of, you know, strikes a nerve, just be nice when you tell us. (laughs) I don't want to see Sarah cry. (laughs) She didn't want to see me cry. I don't want to see Todd cry. Yeah. I don't take criticism very well. So, All right, thank you all very much, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit the subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy-to-find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAging.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, tune in to the Facebook page, Senior Services NWA, to catch their weekly live radio program every Wednesday morning. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions, so please let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family.